Thanks, Darren. And thank you again to uh, Team Mathis for leading us in worship this morning. I hope you have those songs ringing in your ears because they lead so well into what we're going to be looking at this morning. The other week I was um, watching the BBC broadcast as part of the Remembrance events taking place. Some of you might have seen it as well. It was They were showing the ceremony, the service, celebrating the centenary of the burial of the unknown warrior. And I was really impacted by this service, very traditional in many ways, but just there was such power to it. And uh, there was something near the beginning of the service, the opening uh, remarks from the Dean of Westminster. And he says, we can be confident that he, meaning the unknown warrior, and we are known by God. So even though this body that was laid in Westminster a uh, hundred years ago in the aftermath of the First World War, it was uh, unidentifiable, it was unknown in that way and labelled as such the unknown warrior. God knew that person and God knows us. We are seen and known by God and it just hit me with a fresh uh, kind of just wait that we are known, you and I are known by the living God. And it was this truth that was uh, so at David's heart when he wrote Psalm 23, the psalm that we are working through at the moment. He knew that he was known and loved and seen by God. And it's out of that that he writes, the Lord is my shepherd. So let's just remind ourselves of the words of the whole psalm. It's only uh, six verses long. And then we're going to be focusing on one verse, as we have done over the last few weeks. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely. Your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, this is such a famous verse, maybe the most most famous psalm, maybe the most famous psalm there is. And it is uh, read and referred to in so many different contexts. It has so many literary uh, references. And in fact, today's verse that we're looking at, verse four, is the opening line of Gangster's Paradise by Coolio and LV. Uh, He then goes on to something very different, but he opens with verse four and its references appears in all sorts of places. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. What does this verse really mean? Well, we're going to walk through the verse, drawing on the shepherd analogy that has been 
uh, flowing so far in this song. And we're just going to take it a bit at a time and try and think about what it means, particularly relating to the sheep and the shepherd and then the good shepherd and us. So this verse four opens with, even though I walk through the darkest valley, or as some translations put it, the valley of the shadow of death. For sheep, they, uh, they are moved around by their shepherds and the traditional shepherd that uh, David would have been so familiar with. In fact, he was himself uh, before becoming king of Israel. He would have led his sheep through looking for places for them to feed and drink and leading them through to mountaintops for the summer. But in order to get to the mountaintops, they needed to go through the valleys, through these dark places where sunlight barely got into. They often had very high sides and ravines. And in that darkness, the shepherd leading the sheep was very aware of unseen dangers, dangers that could leap out, dangers uh, from uh, physical things uh, coming through, such as flash floods or uh, bandits wanting to steal the sheep or indeed wild animals, predators that wanted to feed on the sheep. So he was aware of the dangers, but knew he needed to lead them through to the goodness of the mountaintop. For us, the reference to darkest, deep valleys is an acknowledgement. They are there. They will occur in life as we go through. We will face times that are dark, seasons that are difficult. And at the most extreme, we face death. But Matthew Henry is quick to point out in his commentary, as Christians, we don't need to fear death. The New Testament even says the phrase, oh, death, where is your sting? Because nothing can separate us from the love of God. We don't need to fear death. We have a wonderful hope in Christ. But many of us from time to time will face times when there is difficulties, when it feels dark. David recalls these hard times as he's referencing here, even though I walk through the darkest valley. We often go through periods when life is tough. I guess many of us would say these last few months have been very tough. We can find ourselves in a valley where it is hard, and the shadows are scary, but God is with us. You know, sometimes it feels so dark that we can't see anything. We, we have no idea what's going on, that we can't even see God. And that's where faith comes in. We have to trust that God is with us. Hold on to the promises in his word that he will never leave us or forsake us. That he is Emmanuel, God with us. That he will be with us to the very end. This current pandemic seems dark, many facing real danger, death even. But we need not fear, as we will see as we go through. Worth noting that David says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, he doesn't say even though I stay in it, he's moving through. He's going through this place. He's not stuck and then staying forever in the darkest place. He is walking through it. 
I don't know whether you've ever experienced this nightmare where you're walking or running and you're not going anywhere. David doesn't have that in mind when he's saying, even though I walk, he's going through. We can be confident that the good shepherd who has led us to still waters and who leads us along the right path will also lead us through this darkest valley and through the other side. You know, the other thing about going through the valley, it means it enables us to minister better to others around us. Because those who those of us who have been through such dark valleys are more well equipped to console, to comfort and to encourage others in similar situations. So even though we might be walking through the darkest valley at the moment. God's equipping us to help others once we're through it. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4 puts it like this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. You know, the person best placed to comfort another in bereavement is someone who has lost a loved one. The person best placed to minister to a broken heart is someone who has been broken hearted. So even in these difficult times, even when we're facing hard, tough times, when the valleys are dark, God can be equipping us to help us once we're through it, to help those who are also walking through dark times. The verse opens, even though I walk through the darkest valley. David goes on to say, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I will fear no evil for you are with me. You know, a good shepherd leads their sheep. And that's certainly the case. You can see it apparently, as I said before, I'm no shepherd, but I've been watching a, a different uh, information about shepherds. I've been reading about um, traditionally, the shepherd would lead, and particularly during daylight, they would go ahead of their sheep, calling them along. But as darkness falls, the shepherd actually takes up a different position in relation to their flock. The shepherd actually comes to be among them, to be surrounded by the sheep with the shepherd right in the middle. As the darkness comes, the shepherd comes up a bit closer to actually be very powerfully with them, almost reassuring them by that closeness. Notice we get this shift from he to you. The pronoun in the first three verses of Psalm 23 is he, the Lord my shepherd, I will not want. He does this, he does that. But when we get to verse four, when it's talking about the darkness, we get the shift from he to you there's a step up in intimacy here that we can see there's a, a significant closer personal touch being referenced here as as the darkness grows the, sh the darker the shadow the closer the lord is to us now he's always with us but god's so good at making himself more obvious to us in the darkness when we go through a dark valley he comes right alongside us. He is with us. 
So like David, we can declare, I will not fear. Why? Because God is with us. Jesus comes to give us peace in our hearts and our minds in spite of the situations around us. Though our own courage and our strength is often not enough to overcome these hard times, the psalm promises that God is the one who can get us through. For me, over these last few years, I've known times of real darkness, not just during this pandemic, but I've known real times of real darkness where I've just been in a, there's, things have been swirling around me and I've not really known what to do. But in amongst it all, I can say that I've known God with me. I've not always seen him in the moment, but looking back, I've, I've been able to recognise how he's been alongside me, supporting me, helping me, leading me through to the still waters, along the right path, but also, importantly, in the context of today's verse, through those dark valleys and out the other side. God drew me near to me in the darkness, held me and comforted me. The other week when I was talking about verse 2, I referenced this book, uh, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by Philip Keller. And I just want to read a little bit from him right now. It's a Slightly longer quote, but bear with me because I think it's such great stuff in it. He says this, talking about uh, this verse four. It is most reassuring and reinforcing experience to the child of God to discover that there is, even in the dark valley, a source of strength and courage to be found in God. It is when he can look back over life and see how the shepherd's hand has guided and sustained him in the darkest hours, that renewed faith is engendered. I know of nothing which so stimulates my faith in my heavenly father as to look back and reflect on his faithfulness to me in every crisis and every chilling circumstance of life. Over and over, he has proved his care and concern for my welfare. Again and again, I've been conscious of the good shepherd's guidance through dark days and deep valleys. All of this multiplies my confidence in Christ. It is this spiritual as well as emotional and mental exposure to the storms and adversities of life that puts stamina into my very being. Because he has led me through without fear before, he can do it again and again and again. In this knowledge, fear fades and tranquility of heart and mind takes its place. Let come what may, storms may break about me, predators may attack, the rivers of reverses may threaten to inundate me, but because he is in the situation with me, I shall not fear. To live thus is to have taken some very long treks towards the high country of holy calm, healthy living with God. Only the Christian who learns to live this way is able to encourage and inspire the weaker ones around him. Too many of us are shaken up, frightened and panicked by the storms of life. We claim to have confidence in Christ, but when the first dark shadows sweep over us and the path we tread looks gloomy, we go into a deep slump of despair. Sometimes we just feel like lying down to die. This is not as it should be. The person with a powerful confidence in Christ, the one who has proved by past experience that God is with him in adversity, the one who walks through life's dark valleys without fear, his head held high is the one who in turn is a tower of strength and a source of inspiration to his companions. 
There are going to be some valleys in life for all of us. The good shepherd himself assured us that in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. The basic question is not whether we have many or few valleys. It is not whether those valleys are dark or merely dim with shadows. The question is, how do I really react to them? How do I go through them? How do I cope with the calamities that come my way? With Christ, I face them calmly. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The final part of that verse goes on to say, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, for shepherds, particularly traditional shepherds back in historic times when David was writing, they wouldn't have carried a lot of equipment with them. Because they were always on the go, they were traveling with their sheep, they were sleeping out uh, outside when the sheep looking after them. They would keep their equipment to a minimum, but they would always make sure they had two things. They would have a rod, a club, and they would have a staff, the crook that is so symbolic of shepherds. And David's saying here that the rod and the staff, they're things of comfort to him as the sheep. Because for sheep, they relied on their shepherd to protect them, to watch over them, to care for them. And these implements enabled the shepherd to do his job well. The rod speaks of the shepherd's strength, his power, authority in any serious situation. It was used to safeguard himself and the sheep against danger. And it was also used to discipline sheep who were wandering off to sort of say, hey, come on back. You shouldn't be heading that way. For us, the Bible is God's rod. It's great assurance as we contemplate the power and authority vested in God's word. It will protect us. It will help us against danger as we immerse ourselves in his word and live by it. It is God's rod is a reassurance that he is protecting us and keeping us on those right paths. And the staff or the crook with that classic curve over the top that you still see today and associate with shepherds. It fulfilled a slightly different purpose. It was used to express concern and compassion of the shepherd if you like the rod was the sign of authority of power and of discipline in the defense against danger the staff speaks of long suffering and kindness that the shepherd has for the sheep it was used to draw the sheep together it was important when when lambs were first born and if they were kind of struggling to get out the the shepherd would would hook the the the, the lamb and, and bring them up close to their mother, to the ewe. So it was to bring intimate relationships within the, the flock. It was also used to guide the sheep along the path, away from danger. Some shepherds apparently would even just use it, gently resting on sheep to reassure them that the shepherd was there. And then if the sheep fell into uh ditches that it couldn't get out of or got entangled in thorns and things that staff was essential for hooking onto them and bringing them out 
For us, the staff speaks of God's spirit, that reassurance that he is with us, drawing alongside us, helping us as Christians, bringing such comfort. So like David, we can say, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God will protect us. He will comfort us. He will be with us. As I was dwelling on kind of the, the key component, if you like, of this verse, I just it made me think of the marriage vows that we hear at weddings. And I felt that it was like God says that to you and me. I, God, take you to be my beloved, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish forevermore. That's what this verse is about. It's about God promising to be with us through all things, through the darkest of valleys, he promises to hold us and to keep us, to cherish and love us and to lead us through. We sometimes sing that song by Beth and Matt Redman. And I just want to finish with that. The words of this song were taken from verse four of this psalm. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. And even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life, I won't turn back. I know you are near. I will fear no evil for my God is with me. And if my God is with me, whom then shall I fear? Whom then shall I fear? Oh, no, you never let go through the calm and through the storm. You never let go in every high and every low. You never let go. Lord, you never let go. And I can see a light that is coming for the heart that holds on. A glorious light beyond all compare. And there will be an end to these troubles. But until that day comes, we'll live to know you here on the earth. Yes, I can see a light that is coming for the heart that holds on. And there will be an end to these troubles. But until that day comes, Still, I will praise you. Still, I will praise you. Hallelujah. God is so good and faithful. If you are feeling in the dark times right now, if you are feeling that you are in one of those shadowed valleys, know that God hasn't changed. He is still for you. Know that truth afresh this morning, that he will never forsake you. 